Hello, and welcome to BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex Root of BTN, and I'm coming at you from the road just outside Ann Arbor, Michigan in Ypsilanti. Uh, it's part of the BTN Bus Tour 2019 edition, and as I've done the last three years, we have got an interview at each stop with a player at a football practice on the BTN Bus Tour. So it's cool, uh, cool setup after practice. Usually get about 10 or 15 minutes with a player from each team, and so far so good. We are six for six. And this episode will bring you the first four interviews from the first four stops of the BTN bus tour. So to uh, make sure we keep this as brief as possible and get right to the interviews, I'll just list who we got and we'll learn about players and their backgrounds and kind of get to know the guy behind the helmet in the interview. So first up, our first stop is Indiana. As uh, as usual, we stopped at Bloomington and I got a chance to talk to offensive lineman Coy Kronk there. So Coy Kronk is the first interview up. After that, Ohio State, we talked to Jonathan Cooper, who's a defensive end there, and moved on from Columbus to College Park, Maryland, where I talked to Ayinde Ely. And then after Maryland, we moved on to Rutgers, where I spoke with offensive lineman Zach Vineski. So four great interviews, four great guys, um, a lot of fun talking to them, and we'll get right to the first one. Like I said, it's Koi Kronk from Indiana. That interview with Koi starts right now. Very pleased to be joined at Indiana football practice in Bloomington by Hoosiers offensive lineman Koi Kronk. Koi, first of all, thanks for having us here and thanks for joining me today. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate it. Yeah, first of all, uh, I just got to say Koi Kronk. That's a cool name, man. Like, that's, a, yeah. that's a really cool name. You ever get that? Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of my name to be per- like to be honest with you. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I don't think like the word like I think like koi is just too short. It's kind of like a fish, and I don't really feel like a fish. I can't really swim that well, so I don't really think it like lines up. But yeah, Kronk's a sweet last name. I mean, I'm a fan of it, so at yeah, least you got I that guess going it counts for, yeah, for yeah, something. That right? counts for something. Um, I know people make a big deal about you being from the city where the Boilermakers uh, call home, Lafayette, Indiana. How tired are you at this point of being asked that question? Uh, you know, I'm not tired of it. You know, I'm proud of Lafayette, Indiana, and where I come from. You know, I got an amazing family and support system, and the community's great. But, um, you know, I'm proud to be a Hoosier, too. So uh, that game means a little bit more to me, especially when it's played in, uh, you know, West Lafayette, where I'm from. So uh, nothing but respect for those guys, but, you know, I'm proud to be a Hoosier. Um, Jeff, your SID filled us in, moving to a more personal topic now, that your, your grandfather recently passed away. That hit you pretty hard. Um, can you get into what, what he meant to you and get into the background and fill people in who don't know uh, just about your grandfather and and how you've processed that loss? Yeah, um, growing up from a really small city just outside of you know Lafayette, uh, I spent a lot of time with my grandpa. Uh, you know, we lived you know like five minutes from our house. You know, Sunday Sunday night dinners, Saturday afternoon football games, anything in between to spend weeks out of time over there during the summer. Um, you know, he taught me a lot about life and how to approach it and how to be the best version of yourself every day and, and uh, how not to take yourself too seriously. So uh, he was a huge part of my childhood, um, probably my best friend throughout high school and especially throughout college. So uh, losing him, uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a tough experience, but the uh, best thing I can do is just play football. Was there a football connection between you guys? Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he played for Illinois back in the Buckus era, so he was a football fanatic, loved every bit of it. And, um, yeah, I mean, 
There's a huge football connection. I mean, it's kind of where I started loving football. It's why my dad loves football. It's why I love football. And uh, it's just something you just pass along from uh, generation to generation. So I heard after his passing, and my condolences for your loss, by the way, um, I heard that you met with Tom Allen, Coach Allen, and, and he got you uh, kind of back in the right mind frame to play football again. Can you get into that meeting a little bit and discuss what that meant to you and what Coach meant to you? Yeah, I mean, it didn't really have anything to do with football, to be honest with you. Um, it's kind of about being a man and uh, how to you know, move on with life when uh, you don't get what you want sometimes. And... Um, you know, I was in a bad spot. Uh, I knew I didn't know he was sick. No one knew he was sick. He just kind of kept it to himself. And then I found out on like a Friday, and he passed on like that Wednesday. So kind of went quick. I was kind of spinning, and um, you know, I just got to be vulnerable, with Coach. Tell him what was on my mind, what was on my heart, and uh, you know, he was he was nothing but respectful. Kind of just told me, you know, that's, sometimes you know life just isn't fair, uh, and mostly he just he just told me to take my time and. Uh, I don't need to rush back into it. I didn't really have anything to prove in spring ball. Uh, I had the respect of my teammates. More importantly, you know, I respect my teammates. So uh, just for him to be able to sit down and look me you know, eye to eye and me just be vulnerable with my head coach, I don't really think that happens at a lot of places. You know, I don't think – I think people say open-door policy, but they don't really mean it. And, uh, you know, around here we do. And everybody feels that level of comfort with coach if they wanted to go in and talk to them? I, I Yeah, from my opinion, yes. Okay. Um, getting a little more into your, your family, you have a Hoosier connection before you ever played here, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, my dad was a graduate assistant for Coach Maui, and I believe in 92, 93. So having that in your background, did that draw you to Indiana anymore, or was your recruitment kind of separate from any connection there? Uh, I, I think it played some part, but my dad and my parents especially, they, they were just really, um, you know, just finding the best place for me. They really let me handle that process because, uh, you know, my dad recruited a lot of people, and uh, – I think he knew it was kind of my decision where I felt most comfortable and where I wanted to be. But, yeah, I mean, there's definitely definitely some leaning towards Indiana. And um, nothing – and my dad to this day um, respects the Mallory family, and uh, he was really sad when Coach passed away. Take me through what training camp at this time of year is like. Cause it was a beautiful day out there today. Couldn't really get much better for uh, football practice. What's just kind of the, the grind like as you prepare for a season? Yeah, it, the most important part of camp is getting into game shape. I think everyone heading into camp is in running shape and can run sprints and that sort of thing. But when you play offensive line, it's a little bit different. Um, it's kind of hard to simulate in off-season workouts, like moving another man against his will. So that's what camp is about. It's about um, getting into game playing shape and, more importantly, getting comfortable in the five or the four other guys around you, making the five a total unit. So you're running back, Stevie Scott, the third now. Stevie Scott, the third. Got to get that right. Um, we just had him on the bus. He signed his likeness on the bus and was a really funny guy. We took him through the bus, and he kind of reviewed it for us. And um, he broke out last year and became one of the, the best backs in the Big Ten. What's it like blocking for a guy like that? You know, it's awesome. Uh, Stevie Scott runs the ball hard. He's a violent runner. He does a lot of little things, right? But uh, more importantly, he's he's not a me guy. He's, he's all about the team, especially he treats the offensive lineman, right? And uh, it's a pleasure to work for a guy like that. Indiana's had a lot of good running backs in the last, you know, five, ten years. Um, Tevin Coleman, Jordan Howard, Stevie Scott. I feel like you guys deserve a little bit of that credit too, right, the offensive line? Yeah, and I think I think we've had it, um, especially, you know, when Feeney and those guys were here. Uh, but it's not really kind of why you sign up to play offensive line, in my opinion. Um, you know, uh, if we won our names in the paper, you know, we might have – try to play a different position throughout you know our lives or something like that but it's just an honor just to block for people and uh, seeing them succeed 
and more importantly, seeing our team succeed because we did our job. So when I think Indiana football, and I've watched you guys over the last few years, um, it seems like you guys are always knocking on the door of like a very you know program-changing upset. Ohio State, you guys gave a tough game last year. I know people were uh, impressed, especially our crew over at Fox, Bruce Feldman, guys like that, were impressed with how you guys were close. Um, you guys beat Michigan State when you probably a freshman in 2016, rushed the field. So there are big wins, and you guys have broken through. You were quoted as saying you have to have someone to play at Indiana that wants to change a culture. Why do you think you guys will be able to break through this year when, when you, know, you are knocking on the door like you have in recent years? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, think, uh, I think a lot of things we've done, especially in this offensive line room, is just kind of switch the focus from um, – you know, thinking about a bowl game or thinking about an opponent or thinking about uh, anything other than today. I think we just kind of flipped that mindset of we got to work on today. We got to go out there. We got to practice hard. Or, you know, after practice, we got to get something in. Or maybe it's in the weight room. We're about to have a lift, you know, more stuff in the weight room. But I think it's just mostly sort of focusing on end of season goals or game days or anything like that. Just handling our business at practice every day and focus on those little things. And then I truly believe. If you want to change the culture, once you start doing little things over and over and over, you can do the big things on Saturdays. All right, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit, get a little goofy with this line of questioning. Um, talking to linemen over the years and hearing stories about what linemen do, you know, maybe in the locker room or in their downtime, there's always some, like, weird tradition, I feel like, that, that linemen have or a quirk. Um, I've heard, for example, I'll, I won't name the school, but linemen used to throw up before games to kind of hype themselves up, just like a weird thing like that. Do you guys have any sort of tradition or, or camaraderie that uh, is unique to your line? Uh, I, I don't know anything like that. I just kind of, especially on game days and stuff, I like to uh, just, just keep to myself and think about, you know, why I play the game and get my mind, myself ready to play. Uh, I don't know anything, you know, crazy like that. But I think if you ask a few people around here, I think I think there's some quirky stuff like that. Keeping under wraps, all right. I, I don't blame you if, if it's something as weird as uh, throwing up before games. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't admit to that. I don't think. Uh, all right, before we wrap up, just a couple of questions outside of football. Uh, I was scrolling through your Twitter to get ready for this interview and tweeted at one point, Reggie Miller, forever be a hero of yours. Uh, you, you a big basketball fan? You a Pacers fan growing up? Yeah, I'm a huge Pacers fan. Uh, didn't really play basketball in high school or anything, but obviously being in Indiana, um, you have to be a basketball fan or you're not allowed to live in the state. So, yeah, I mean, I grew up a huge Pacers fan. Um, in my high school graduation, underneath like my cap and gown, I had a Reggie Miller jersey on. <laughs> um, there's just there's something the way he just approached the game every day. And he kind of took our franchise. I shouldn't say ours because I guess, you know, I don't own it. But I feel like I'm a part of it because I go to so many games. But he kind of just revitalized it, and um, especially, you know, later in his career. And uh, he just did it so gracefully. And um, he's just, just awesome, awesome, awesome player. How about the Chicago Cubs? I saw a lot of Cubs content. Are you a Cubs fan? I'm not. I'm actually a Braves fan. Braves fan, okay. I'm a huge Braves fan, yeah. All right, well, I, I was looking through – some of your favorites, and there were some, some Cubs-related ones. So I was, it was wrong of me to assume, because I'm a big Cubs fan, so I guess I was wishful thinking <laughs> that you'd be a Cubs fan. But the Braves are good this year. Yeah. Um, they got a really young, nice team. Yeah, not a bandwagon guy either. I mean, I remember five, six years ago, consistently last team in the league. But, uh, yeah, we turned it around. We got some young pitching, and then we got some superstars like Acuna and Ozzy and Swanson and all those guys. So, uh, you know, it's awesome. But actually, while I'm a Braves fan, uh, my dad on his spring breaks as a kid growing up used to go to their spring training and be their bat boy for two weeks. Wow, so he just really kind of cool. passed that down to my brother and I. And if you ever get a chance to talk to my brother, he could tell you from 
rookie ball on up to AAA, everybody on the roster. I mean, Cubs and Braves fans are kind of similar, I think, at least like nationwide, because you, the Braves are on TBS for so long and had a national platform. The Cubs were on WGN and a national platform, and it's just kind of a um, nationwide fan base. Maybe we'll meet in the playoffs. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that'd be nice, right? I'm scared of Atlanta. I mean, Acuna <laughs> kills the Cubs and Albies. Those guys are, are so good. Um, Corey, to wrap up, since we're in Bloomington right now, we're heading out after this, so I'll have to, to make a note of this for next year, but we always try to eat good while we're here, find the best spots on campus. Where are your favorite spots to, to eat and hang out on campus? So it kind of depends what time of night. Um, if you're after 10 and you want some really good you know, food, you know, late night food, comfort food, uh, you gotta go to Butch's. They got a huge menu, uh, unbelievable pizza, unbelievable sandwiches, and they got like, these build your own gorillas is what they call them, and they're just huge, huge subs. You can put whatever you want. I'm talking like chicken fingers, cheeseburger, jalapeno poppers, all these things. I mean, it's a spot to be. If you're looking for like a nice steak or chicken or pork, a nice place, you know, parents weekend to bring someone down, I would recommend Malibu Grill. Um, they do a phenomenal job. Everyone always says Malibu Grill is the parent spot to take them. You know, yeah. let them put the bill for that, you know. So. Yeah. Um, we had Farm last night, which was also really good. And we've done yeah. the, uh, the Zagrebs before, too. That's yeah. Spot. So I'll have to check good. out Malibu Grill sometime. Um, last question, Corey. Coy, um, when I think of Indiana and just talking to students that have gone here, Little 500 is always something that comes up. What's that experience like? I've never been there or done it. What, what's campus like that weekend? Um, I haven't yet to make it to a race, per se. But... Um, yeah, it's an electric weekend. It's unbelievable. Um, if you just go up and down any street on campus or right off campus, uh, it's nuts. There's, uh, I mean, allegedly there's parties going on from like 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. if you really wanted to with a four-hour break. Um, I think the coaches do a good job during the little five of scheduling practices throughout that week, so we stay focused. But, I mean, it's probably – one of the best weeks of any college kid on this campus's life. All right, well, you filled me in plenty about IU, plenty about your football program, and uh, a lot about yourself, and I'm glad I got to know you a little bit. I appreciate you sitting down and joining me. Good luck this season. Awesome, thank you. Yep. All right, thanks a lot to Coy for joining me and for Indiana staff for setting that up. Moving along now, moving east to Columbus, Ohio, and defensive end Jonathan Cooper. All right, I'm very pleased to be joined by Ohio State Buckeyes senior, Jonathan, yes, Jonathan Cooper. Jonathan, I heard they call you Coop, right? Is it Coop? They call me Coop. Coop? Call me Cooper right All right, man. Well, thanks for joining me. What's up? Hey, what's up? How y'all doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Just got out of practice. You know, hard one. It's a hot one today. Yeah, it's early August. It's some good weather here in Columbus. Yeah. Uh, this is like one of your last, this is your last rodeo, so you've been doing this. This is, this is. A while. Is training camp old at this point to you, or is it is it still uh, fresh? You know, it's, it's it's new every year. You know, every every single time we go into training camp, it's a new experience. Especially having Coach Day as a head coach this year, so it's kind of different. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I love it because it's when the team really gets to join and bond together. You know, especially being in the hotel for two weeks. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, brought up Coach Day real quick because. As we're walking over here, you're like, that's the question you get every time. That's a repetitive yeah. one. So my question is a little, a little spin on that. Okay. Um, how tired are you of getting asked the question, what's the difference between Coach Meyer and Coach Day? <laughs> I'm pretty tired of it, man. Um, you know, because, because they're both great guys and they're both great coaches. And obviously the world wants to know what's the difference and what's the 
like how different are their personalities and everything. But I mean, all I have to say about them is that they're great guys, they're great coaches, and I'm excited to see what Coach Day has for us. So I'm curious though, like say say I'm in the locker room, I'm flying on the wall, mm-hmm. and you guys are talking about that amongst yourselves. Like, right. what, what would everyone kind of agree on? It is a big difference between them because even though it is like a cliche question, it is kind of yeah. interesting. What, what's the difference? Would you say? Um. <laughs> he's, still, he's still trying to get me to get the question. I mean, yeah, that's I'm digging, man. Um, I'm still, still a little reporter in me. Come on no, now. No, I'm not I totally. Uh, I would say just, I say the major difference will probably be, um, you know, Coach Day is getting uh, something done in the uh, in the head coach office. You know, he's trying to get like a lounge where players you know, like, can just come in, chill with him, a game room, and just whenever to walk through. Um, when Coach Meyer was here, his office is very closed off, mm-hmm. and you only really go into his office if you like need something. It's not like that you couldn't go and talk to him, but Coach Day is taking an approach where it's like going to be where players can just come in and out whenever. Yeah, you mentioned that lounge we're going to check out soon. That looked pretty sweet with yeah. the game room and all that. Yeah. So some of your players are going to give us a tour. I'm pumped to see that. Sure. Uh, getting back to what you just said a little bit, um, they put you up in a hotel for these two weeks? Is that is that right? Yeah, man. We just moved into the, uh, the Hyatt uh, yesterday. We just got in. What's that like? It's cool. It's, uh, would you it's rather nice. be at home or would you rather? Uh, me personally, I would like to be at home. You know, I like I like uh, I like my own bed. Mm-hmm. You know, chilling on my own TV and everything. But I mean, the com the camaraderie around the whole entire team. You know, just having everybody in there at the hotel. You go down like two two doors down, knock on somebody's door, have some fun, it's like being back chairs, in the dorms, just talking right? and everything. Yeah, so it's fun. It's, it's like it's hard a knocks, good bonding. hard knocks life a little bit. You know, uh, like, just like, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. All right. Uh, We'll do one more Coach Day question. We'll move on to some, some <laughs> off-the-field stuff and some, some other football questions. We got you. Uh, so he said that you, Jonathan Cooper, are the epitome of what it means to be a Buckeye. Why do you think he said that? You know, that's, that is, uh, that's very humbling to hear. You know, I actually did hear that when he said it at Big Ten Media Day. And, I mean, it means the world to me to just have – him him say that about me just because I mean I grew up here you know I've always been a Buckeye fan I mean I've been looking at guys like James Laurinaitis and Troy Smith and playing with them on a video game my whole life you know so for him to say that about me is just I mean it's it takes a step back and just really leaves me in shock and I, I really do hope that I do carry myself like that and continue to do that for the rest of the season right so you're about to be a senior yes sir um it was a program that, that has a lot of success because of guys that don't always make it to their senior year for good reasons. You know, they leave to go to the NFL, yes, sir. especially at your position on defense. You know, mm-hmm. Chase Youngs, the Bosa's. And last last year was pretty much the first chance you got to, to start on a regular basis and yeah. show what you could do, right? Yeah. Um, so what was that like, and what's it like now being an old head kind of when, yeah. you know, the, there might be not too many seniors at a place like Ohio State? Right, so – well, last year being my like my first time to actually start get out there, you know, it was I was nervous, you know. I didn't I don't think I had that confidence level yet, you know. It's always you don't really know what you're going into until you actually go through it, you know. A game, you can go through practice all you want and I can have good days in practice and keep going, but once you get on the game, it's a little different. My emotions were running high, you know, I would tire out pretty pretty quickly. Uh then toward Towards the end of the year, I started to pick it up and started to really uh, like get comfortable and find that confidence in myself. And the difference between, you know, last year and this year is just that confidence level that I have in myself and the team and 
my teammates and the unit really counting on me to go out there and be the leader, be the captain, make plays. And I take I take it all on my shoulders. I take I take it prior with it. So, Greg Madison is here, defensive coordinator. You know, at us at Big Ten. You know, as fans of the game, we like drama. Yeah, we came from Michigan. <laughs> you know, there's obviously some dramatic storylines that go along yeah. with that. But for players, does that mean anything to you guys? Like, do you get wrapped up in that or at the team up north and stuff? All that, yeah. And the fact that you know a, a coach would come over here, like, well, you, you give him any any crap for it? What, what's that like <laughs> on the ground here? Um. Nah, man, we don't give them no crap for it. Uh, because at the end of the day, it, it, college football is a business, and they made a choice to come here, and we really open. Uh, we accepted them with open arms. You know, like there was no resentment towards them just because they came from Team North. Because they are great coaches at the end of the day, and they want to make us better, and we want to learn from them. So that was always the only thing that we did do was um, when we had this thing called mat drills. Early in the morning, workouts. Uh, we would come out and we played. Uh, we played the team of North fight song. Uh, they was out there to kind of like give them because it was like they're welcoming. That's pretty good. Yeah. I didn't know that was legal here to play that in Columbus, Ohio. But you know, I guess if you're if you're giving someone a hard time, you can make an exception. <laughs> yeah, so. that, that's the only that's the only legal reason. <laughs> All right, uh, Ohio State. You know, has a reputation as being DBU. You got plenty of defensive backs in the NFL. Mm-hmm. What do you guys in the D line and and, and uh, you know in the front seven think about that? Because it could be DEU or DLU. What do you guys think? Yeah. Um, you know we've had we've had great players from all positions come out from Ohio State. You know this could be this could be QBU. This could be TEU, RBU. You know we have great players across the board. I mean, obviously, we do think that with uh, <laughs> this is my guy BB over there. I'm sure. I hope you guys get to go. Th- talk to him he's <laughs> he's a clown but yeah I mean we have great safeties great cornerbacks great wide receivers great D-line great linebackers I mean you see it all through not just Ohio State but through the league so I mean that's just that's just how it is here so you're number 18 yes sir what's the deal with these low numbers now 18? popping up on you know I feel like at the linebacker and defensive end positions it's like 50s and 80s 90s well, pretty much 50s and 90s from what I remember, like growing up playing video <laughs> games. What's the deal now with the low number trends on defense? I mean, I mean, I mean, you gotta talk to Chase about that. You, you wearing number he's like, two? Yeah, he's two, right? He's yeah. number two, and I ain't gonna lie, that look hard. I ain't gonna cap. It, it does. It, it's dope, but uh, I actually wanted to be number eight. You know, my number in high school is 35, and I all like central around like three plus five equals eight. I like the number eight; it's my favorite number. And I was born on January 8th, 1998, so one eight, and I was like, I oh, you. 18. So I'm 128. You so throw that tw- yeah, two okay. in the middle. Yeah, there we go. January there you birthdays. Go. What are you? What are you? Uh, Aquarius? Aquarius, Yeah, because okay. I think it starts like it. the 21st, I Yeah, think. I'm a Capricorn. Okay. See, I don't get into all that, but I do know my sign. So at least, you know, when people ask and try to make that connection, I can at least, I can at least go. go there. There you go. So, I mean, uh, your birthday's born in January, so you're good. Yeah, exactly. I think that's more important anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you said your favorite number is eight, but... Judging by your Twitter feed, when I did my uh, little background seven, research, research, right? Well, I was going to ask about your obsession with Dwayne Wade, oh. number three, right? <laughs> That's my guy, man. Yeah, yeah. So, why? Where did man, number, I was where, he was going, where did eight uh, come from? Are you a Kobe fan too? On top of D Wade? No, no, no. <laughs> nah, I like eight because I was born January eighth, nineteen ninety eight. Oh like yeah, 10, okay. you just said 10, that. So. Like, like, like a one eight. You did like one oh eight. I got you. You, did, you just did yeah. say that, so I, I got to pay attention. Yeah, but, but but with Dwayne Wade, man, that's just he's always been my favorite player since I played uh, the old uh, NBA game, like oh six, and he was on the cover of it, and 
Man, I mean, I was I didn't really know the NBA like that. Was that NBA Live or 2K? I think it was live. Because everyone played live back then. It was and live. then 2K got way better. It was live. Yeah, I used to and play so, that too. So I didn't know really nothing about basketball. I was a kid, right? So I was just scrolling through the teams and the Miami Heat logo so cool. Like it's dope, like a fiery, a fiery basketball going through a hoop. I'm like, yeah, let me pick that. And they were good that year too. They had Shaq. Yeah, so I picked that and I'm playing with this dude, number three, on a game, and he's balling. Mm-hmm. And since then I was like, is that Dwayne Wade? And yeah. since then he's been my favorite. Player. That was like prime cold D Wade. Like prime. he was prime. he was uh he was sick and he's a Chicago guy, so yeah, he's dope. um even though his his stint on the Bulls was short lived, I'm a Bulls fan. I still, You're a Bulls fan? Yeah, I still have respect for D Wade. It's hard to be a Bulls fan right now, man. I, I, bet. I live in Chicago, so um, so you was like tough with, for a with while. the whole D Rose. I was there, yeah. I, I, I pretty much guy, grew up huh? on the D Rose Bulls a little bit earlier than that too, and then now. Uh-huh. How um, old are you? I'm 25. Oh, Okay. I should have made you guess. Yeah. But, uh, I was gonna guess 20 something. 20, yeah, 20, mid 20s. All right. The beer, the beer kind of throwing me off. I know. I'm trying to you know use that so I don't get carded anymore when I <laughs> when I go to restaurants or anything like that. Uh, all right, Jonathan. Wrapping up here. A couple more questions. Um, going through your Twitter feed you know doing the research on d-wade and, and all your other interests your twitter game's pretty strong how come you don't have a uh, a blue check mark yet i don't know man i, I, I want to i want a blue check mark on my instagram and my twitter i feel like i feel like i've verified myself you've got right? like 10 15 000 followers something like That's that yeah, you i feel verified. like i've verified myself you, you, I, can you work on that i work me? in social media i can see what i can do you can do that for yeah, me? yeah yeah i feel like i got, I got some uh, yeah, connects check mark. That's all you need uh, exactly uh all right real quick i want to i want you to wrap up by telling me about uh, an internship that I heard you worked with the NFL. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. What was that all about? What did you do for them? Um, so we went down uh, New York for like three days or two days, and uh, it was cool. You know, I just was learning all the stuff about the NFL besides the football field, besides the game. You know, like the fact that it is a big, large company mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of stuff that go like in between the walls to make the game actually work. So I was just learning about all of that and it was it was a great experience. So is that an organization, you know, once you're done playing that you potentially want to work for, or do you want to work in sports? What what was the uh the reason behind touring an internship program like that? Um I feel like working in sports would be great. You know, I like I love the game. I like uh talking. I feel like I'm a good coach. I feel like I'm great at communicating with people mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what the NFL is all about. So just just going there and opening my eyes to different avenues just helped me out. Yeah. Uh, you were at the, the Manhattan office? Yes. Yeah. I was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they won New Jersey, too, I think. But yeah. uh, I was just there, actually, a couple months ago. It's a nice setup over there. It is cool. They had the Lombardi trophies, the rings, and all it, that. It is cool. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. We got we got into the commissioner's office and everything, and that was, that was pretty cool, too. That's nice. All right. Last question, Coop. Um... <laughs> Yeah, let me know since we're here. I got a whole other day here. Cool. Where we gotta eat in gotta Columbus? Eat? What's like some good places on campus to eat? On campus to eat? Oh man. Um, have you ever went to uh, Los Gatos? No, I actually had Mexican yesterday. I had a uh, Bakersfield. It was called. It was good. You, you like Bakersfield? It was pretty I, good. I feel like the tacos is too. The thing is, they are expensive for. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're kind of small. Yeah, really but they were small. good. Forno is really good. If you want to go by there, yeah, you know, but I mean, this one little place off in the corner is like my favorite Mexican spot is Los Gachos. Los Gachos. All right, I'll keep it in mind. I can, I can eat Mexican food any day of the week, so, so I'm not. So there you go. It has no impact that I ate yesterday. Try Last food out. question, just on top of that. Right. Uh, yes or no on Skyline Chili? No. No. No negative. There's one right across from my hotel. No. I shouldn't do it. No, not all at right. all. Unless all right. you want to be on the toilet for about three hours. <laughs> go ahead. All right, we'll end it there. 
Calvin <laughs> Cooper, appreciate your time, man. Best of luck this season. Enjoy your senior year. All right. Appreciate you, man. Goodbye. All right. Thanks a lot to Jonathan for joining me. He was awesome as well. Moving on to Maryland now, it's Ainde Ely. And that interview with the Terp starts right now. All right, I'm very pleased to be joined here in College Park, Maryland, by redshirt sophomore linebacker Ainde Ely. Everyone calls you Ace, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to that in the interview. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. You know, just enjoying the day. Yeah, just got to practice uh, practice outside here in College Park. It was a hot one, man. Yeah. How, how do you like uh, how do you like practicing outside versus inside? Because when it's hot like that, I don't know. I, I was sweating just standing out there. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I like practicing outside more. Just being on real grass, just more space. It just it's just more of the ex- college experience, college park experience. Inside is nice too, you know, cold. That's a nice building. That's state of uh, state of the art. So, but I think outside, I'd take more. Yeah, that uh, that grass was nice. You're right. Mm-hmm. It was really, uh, really, really short. They kept it like a true football field, like yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So this is top three for us out of 14. So you're still like early on in the tour for us, but it's mm-hmm. the second stop in a row where we have a new head coach. So it was Ohio State, last one with Ryan Day. Here it's Mike Loxley. And, and I know, like, players get tired of getting asked about what the differences are because that's probably, like, one of the main questions you guys get asked. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to ask it anyway. So what, what are some of the biggest differences now with how things are run under Coach Lox? Um, I wouldn't say too many differences. Uh, but uh, Coach Lox, he's just um, he's a high-energy guy. He's, um, he's going to let you know. You know when you're doing wrong, when you're doing right, he's gonna encourage you, and it's just it's a lot of. Um, he wants us to be very disciplined and very precise. Um, it's just uh, work towards perfection, but you know we not. You know you never get to perfection, but it's always good to work towards perfection. And it's just like uh, Coach Locks always says: it's being where your feet are, just enjoying the moment, being the moment. Don't think about, don't let distractions distract you from what's going on. Just handle what you got to handle right then and there. All right. Um, before we talk more football, I do want to get into your, your personal background a little bit. Uh, your SID, Dustin, here gave me some, some background info, and he said you had a pretty harrowing and scary experience in high mm-hmm. school. So tell me about that, what happened, and how did, did it affect your development as a, as a football player and a person? Um, I would say um, not much as a football player, but, um, well, let me tell you, in back in high school, I had um, encephalitis. So it's a rare d- brain disease. It's like swelling in the brain. Um, so I dealt with that, and then just coming back, it just it made me a better better football player and a better man. It just it taught me that if I really wanted to do something, I would have to work for it, even when it, the goal seemed so far. So I really worked to get myself back into the physical shape and um, my mental state back and being able ready to play uh, football again. And as a person, it just taught me just perseverance, just just always go after something that you want and just never give up on your dreams. And that's why I just play this game with so much passion and stuff because I just, I just love it and I work so hard to get it back. So how did you discover um, that you had encephalitis? What happened? Um, I actually had a couple seizures in school. Um, so then I was hospitalized and then the doctors diagnosed me with encephalitis. Um, this is a blessing from God that I'm here today, here playing football at the University of Maryland. I mean, I didn't know, nobody knew if I would play football again, or it's, it was very questionable at uh, one point. But um, it's just, it's just a blessing, really. That's how I can describe it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's obviously terrifying. How do you manage that, and, and how were they able to determine that you could still play football and, and you know live your life like that? Uh, yeah, they were. Um, 
I just, like I said, it was a miracle. So, like, even my doctors were shocked. Like, a lot of my um, uh, tests and stuff came back. My tests that were positive um, at beginning stages of the um, encephalitis eventually came back negative. And my, I started getting my body functions back. And I just started getting more and more back to myself and being 100%. And it got to the point where I was back to normal and they were able to clear me to play to play again so and I just ever since then I just I just won't take a day while I'm playing this game for granted right so you missed some time right some development in in high school did you miss a whole season yeah I missed my uh, whole senior season how did you get back to football shape and how did that kind of affect you as, as a player um just uh just working out just extra time extra hours late late nights early mornings I mean, the help of my friends, my best friend, Josh Pascal, he plays at Kentucky now. He really encouraged me. Muhammad Ibram, he plays at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Both of them, they, they encouraged me to keep going, my little brother, my family. Uh, it's just a whole bunch of encur- uh, encouragement and support from the people around me. And then as development as a football player, it just it just teaches me just keep going. Just like I just know if it's something that I can't do on the field or I'm not as good at, I just keep working to get better at it, get better at it. Just the perseverance, again, that it taught me. Well, I mean, it's awesome that you're sitting here, you know, now, and not only obviously alive, but with a football uniform on and Mm -hmm. to be able to to overcome that. So that is awesome. Um, Get into your background a little more. Uh, I read up that your your hero, your sports favorite athlete is uh, Sean Taylor. Yeah. So how old were you when Sean Taylor played? Because I feel like he passed away 12 Uh, years ago or something. Yeah, I was young. I can't. I probably was like eight. I was real young, but and I didn't back then. I didn't even really see him play. I mean, I, I seen him play, but I didn't really know, you know, maybe what's going on. But just hearing the stories that my dad and people around me told him about him, and then as I got older, watching videos and how he worked and how he dominated the game, and it was just he was just somebody to look up to, just on the football field and off the field. I heard he was a, he was a stand he was a stand up guy. So it's just somebody that I want to just uh, what's the name like as a role model. Mm-hmm. So I like to try to imitate him as much as I can. Yeah, obviously, you know, tragically passed away. I think he was 24, which is right. it's crazy to think back and uh, realize that. But I love that hit that he put on the punter in the Pro Bowl. You yeah. seen that highlight? Yeah, I have. That just that just showed his uh, competitive spirit. It's just that's how that's how I like to um, go about this game and practice. I just I treat. Every snap is like like the game, like a game snap, like a crunch time situation. So, I just try to go 100 percent at all times and just just I just win at everything, and that's just all he was trying to do in that uh, Pro Bowl. So you're a Redskins fan, then I assume. No, no, you're not. New Seriously. Orleans fan. New Orleans Saints. Okay. Yeah. Sorry for your uh, your loss uh, in the NFC Championship. Yeah, that's, that that one still screwed. hurts. Yeah, that one still hurts, man. But touchy topic. It is what it is. <laughs> Uh, so Ace, you're from the area, right? You're from Silver Spring. Yes. Okay, so that's just right up the road. For those who don't know, uh, one of many talented athletes to come up in the DMV area. I mean, it's crazy how many how many guys um, come up here in basketball and football. And it's interesting because you know Mike Blocks had been here now. I remember when he was an assistant under Ron Zook, who now full circle Ron Zook. It's his first day back. Mm-hmm. Under now he's under Coach Loxley as an assistant right. coach here. So that's just an interesting <laughs> little nugget. But I remember he recruited this area really hard. I think he got guys like Aurelius Ben out of here, Vontae Davis out of this area, and on and on. So growing up here, what's the perception among your peers and and athletes in the area of Maryland football? And how do you get it to a place where the best guys 
or a lot of the best guys want to stay home? Uh, I mean, growing up playing sports, it was just an underdog mindset. I mean, you know, the people always kind of put us on the back burners behind, you know, you know, the other states, Florida, Texas, and everything. But we just work to get our name out there, get the DMV guys out there, and it's, it's some of the best talent here. And we just go against each other throughout the seasons. I mean, some of the guys I'm playing with now, Anthony McFarlane, Tayon Fleet Davis, DJ Turner, I've been playing against those guys since since Pop Warner. Mm-hmm. So it's just good to all be on the same team now and just that's just the message we want to get to the young guys now is just we've been playing against each other for so long and in so many great battles. It's just just what if we all just stay here and play together, just how great it would be be legendary yeah and it's interesting because sometimes I feel like that topic is overblown like not everyone wants to stay home for college right, right. Like some people like to get away a little bit mm-hmm. but you just got to get enough of those guys right mm-hmm. you got to get a good chunk that want to stay home and, and and keep them here and, and you guys are you know kind of paving that way so yeah I mean you know everybody has to do what's best for them you know and if going away is what's best for you then that's what it is what it is but I thought going away was the best thing for me too until I came to Maryland, I took a couple visits and just talked with the other guys in my class. It's just the camaraderie and just like we had like we don't really have best friends on this team. It's like it's just a big group of just guys that just love each other and just would do anything for each other. And I just I love that. So it's just that's how it is here. Like me and uh, Tayon, like we feel like we've been friends our whole life, really, and we've been playing against enemies for our whole life. And now that we're here together, it's just it's just so much love and stuff that we share. And I just I just love playing with those guys every week. So Coach Locks needs to listen to this podcast. Take that out on the road when he's recruiting this area. You can just play that clip right there. <laughs> You'll get everyone to stay home. Uh, all right, before we wrap up, I want to talk a little bit about your, your personal interests outside of football. I hear you're a big hoops fan, big basketball fan. Yeah, basketball was my first love at one point. All right. Did you play? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I played all the way up until. Were you any good? Yeah. I, Four-year starter on varsity, you know. I That's mean, pretty good. Yeah, I, our <laughs> team wasn't that good, but still. So, but nah, basketball was. I think I still got it. So who's your uh, who's your NBA squad then? Uh, OKC. OKC. Yeah. Still. 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 I'm right, you're gonna ride him for the rebuild then. Yeah, I'm rocking. Now that Westbrook and PG are gone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, you a 2K fan? Yeah. Big 2K fan. You play a lot? Yeah, I play a lot. That's. Maybe all we do in the room and stuff. Okay, there was one year in college, in my freshman year, where I played all the time, and I got really—I I mean, I got okay, not like really good, but I haven't—I fell off since then. And now I see my friends like playing the game, and it's weird now because they got like you in the huddles with timeouts, they got yeah. coaches. They made it like almost too realistic. Nah, yeah, you're really in it now. You can make adjustments and everything. <laughs> so that's what I love about it, though. It's just—it feels like I get my basketball. My little uh, experience, basketball, being in the NBA for a little bit while I'm behind the joystick. Right, there you go. So <laughs> once you get to the NFL, you can kind of feel like you're in both leagues. Then. Yep. Uh, all right, one more note here I want to touch on. You You collect football cards? Is that, is that yeah, a thing? I've been collecting football cards for a while now. I've been, Actually, I gave my big binder of collection to my little brother, but I got I have a lot of cards. Talking about like old historic cards, new ones that like they still come out with a bunch? I got like... I got Vince Young's rookie card. I got Reggie Bush's rookie card, Steve Young's rookie card, and many more, like a whole bunch of those. So I collected cards for a long time. A lot of baseball cards, but also football and basketball. And everyone's like, oh, they're all sitting, you know, in boxes somewhere. Those are going to be worth something someday. Like, it'll come back around eventually, I I feel like. Not definitely. I have a big binder. They're nice, neatly put in, like, 
individual envelopes, yeah. each car. Hold on to them. Yeah, I told my little brother I'm giving it to him, but he has to take care of them. So and he takes real good care like, of them. Once everything me. in the future goes digital, like everything, they don't even like make paper cards anymore. That's when the uh, demand will come back. Mm -hmm. People want to buy them. Yep. Uh, all right, last thing, Ace. I heard you uh, really like eating candy. Yes. All right. Yes. List your top five candies right now. Go. Nihilators, Sour Patches, Airheads, Mike and Nikes, and Skittles. Okay, that was that's pretty specific. You did it right right off the dome. You didn't even have to like got, think about it. I got a big tube of Sour Patches and Airheads sitting right in my dorm right now for camp. You know so, what other athlete likes candy a lot? Who? You know off the top of your head? Dwight uh, Howard. Oh, Marshawn Lynch too. Marshawn Lynch <laughs> loves Skittles, obviously. Yeah, Dwight Howard apparently ate like an un unhealthy amount of candy like all the time. Yeah, when so. I yeah when I was younger, my mom would have to literally hide candy from me in the house. I would come home. I used to have a little bucket under my bed that I used to hide from my mom. Yeah, and she found it one day. Uh, yeah, I got <laughs> I got in trouble for that one. And uh, I forgot since we're talking about eating, I've asked I'm gonna ask every player on the tour where, where's the best spot to eat on campus. Best spot? Marathon yeah. Deli. Marathon Deli. Chicken steak and cheese. Okay. And you gotta get marathon marathon fries with the marathon sauce. All right, I might be back here for a game this year. I'm definitely coming back for the bus tour next year, so I'll have to hit it up. Most definitely. All right, appreciate the recommendation. Appreciate your time, Ace. Uh, thanks for sitting down. Thanks for welcoming us to practice, and good luck this year. No problem. I appreciate y'all. All right, thanks a lot to Ainde or Ace for joining me. A lot of fun with him. And our last interview of first edition of uh, the 2019 Bus Tour podcast is going to be with Zach Vineski. And uh, this one was the first one we had to do outside, so the audio might not be as great, but uh, the interview uh, was just just as interesting as the other ones and um got a cool story about a guy who kind of persevered after some tough years as a walk-on and is now uh figures to play for Rutgers so I'll let him tell you about that let's take them podcast interview with Zach Vineski starts right now all right I'm very pleased to be joined out here in Jersey after uh Rutgers practice by Scarlet Knights senior offensive lineman Zach Vineski Zach good morning man how's it going Pretty well, you know, I just got done practice and everything, so a little sweaty, but, you know, I've been grinding. Yeah, a little sweaty. It's a little windy out here, but it's all good. You know, we don't we don't make excuses in the podcast game, nope, so never. we'll keep rolling. Uh, so first off, I just want to get into your background a little bit before we talk football, because um, I noticed in your bio you grew up outside Scranton, Pennsylvania. Is yep. that right? Yep. All right. So just I have to ask, growing up outside Scranton, do you watch The Office? Yeah, I, you know, I've seen The Office, and every time I tell somebody I'm from Scranton, I always get that question about The Office, and, you know, it's, it's a funny show, it's more of that cringe comedy and everything, but, you know, I, I've seen some certain scenes and stuff, and I think it's uh, funny. Do, like, do people there watch the show, is it, like, popular in Scranton? Like, what do they think about how they're pretty much known But, you know, I think it's any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, you know? it's just funny how, like, to me, like, if, if my hometown was featured on a TV show, it's, uh -huh. it'd be funny knowing that, like, everybody in the U.S. associates your town with one thing. But yeah, no doubt. No, no, yeah. It's actually pretty cool, though, because my high school is in one of the episodes. I, I know some people oh. who watch it religiously, yeah. the Career Fair episode, Valley View High School. That's my high school. So they do a good job of, like, uh, portraying it and everything. That is cool. It's pretty cool. So more about your background. Um... You're a, you're a boxer, correct? Or you were yeah. a boxer? Yeah, yeah. So get into that a little bit. When, when did you start, 
and how competitive did you get? So um, I started when I was nine years old. I wasn't able to really uh, play junior football because I was over the weight limit in Pennsylvania for it, like when you're uh, playing junior ball and everything. And I grew up with two older brothers. So, you know, I grew up around, you know, fighting and everything with my older brothers and stuff. So boxing, you know, once I got into it, it was just uh, I loved it, you know. So um, I didn't start really start competing like competitively until, uh, you know, when I was 13 years old and then I competed in the Golden Gloves boxing tournament and stuff like that from 13 to 15 years old and stuff. So, you know, it's just... um. It's one of those sports, you know, one-on-one -on -one battles, you know, you can really relate it onto the football field when you're going up against the defensive linemen and, like, pass rush or run blocking and stuff, so it helped a lot. Yeah, so in your bio or in your background, I read that you uh, boxed against guys, like, in their 20s when you were 13, 14 years old. Yeah, yeah, well, it's funny, you know, because, like, you know, even, even now, like, you look around, you don't really see that many guys that age, like, 13, 14, 15 old boxing that right. much or at least competing in the tournaments that like the Golden Gloves tournament so you know I, I tried to take any sparring partner there was so uh, yeah I'd be hopping in the ring with guys in their 20s you know just you know sparring with them being competitive you know really good getting after it with them you know but those guys get pissed at all when you know, you're, you're <laughs> clocking them in the face and, and they're 10 years older than you I mean yeah yeah you know we, we'd get after there are times you know we, we'd get a little scrappy in there and you know but after the fact you know we're laughing because you know I'm a big dude at right. 13 14 years old but you know so are you a boxing fan then like do you watch on TV do you watch matches at all yeah you know, I honestly uh nowadays I watch the UFC more but when there's a big time match and I'll, I'll try to get the pay-per-view and everything to watch boxing yeah like, I mean, so Mayweather McGregor must have been like a dream matchup for you oh like, yeah you know, it was UFC cool yeah fan. it was cool to watch that you know I kind of had a feeling that you know Mayweather was going to win that one just because you know, it's his. It's a it's different his sport. Playing, yeah, yeah, it's his playing field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's funny. A quote that I saw in a story written up about you was your O line coach saying that you know you're the guy out of all 100 guys on the team that he'd take into a alley fight with him. Yeah. Is that accurate? Like, is that is that the kind of uh, I guess physical prowess you're known for? Yeah, definitely. You know, that's that's my uh, whole niche, man. You know, I. I always say I didn't get to the Division One level because I'm the biggest, strongest, fastest guy I got here because, you know, I'm, I'm the type of guy in the field, you know, I try to just be nasty and everything, and I'm, you know, I, I could use a different word for it, but, you know, I'm just mean out there. You ever been in a real fight? Yeah, of course. Like a lot of them, or? I mean, I, mean I, I don't want to get yeah, into no, it too not, much, but, yeah, definitely. Wait for the Gator to go by here. Yeah, yeah. we're not talking... We're not talking any criminal fights or anything like that. You know, you don't <laughs> no, have to go into detail. Yeah, but. I've been I've been in my fair share uh, scraps and everything. Big guy, you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta expect that. Yeah. All right, so let's get into your time at Rutgers a little bit before we wrap up. Um, for you, it was a struggle to get on the field until last year. You're, mm. you know, your fourth, fifth year guy now. Um, I've had guys on who have been really good players and stars on the team, and guys like you who have had to work their way up a little bit. Yeah. So, when you're not playing you're not in the field and it's multiple years when you're not in the field how do you stay positive and not you know get too down on yourself oh uh, you know you just got to keep grinding my biggest thing was i always told myself i'm going to control the controllable so i was always trying to get out there on the field you know give it everything i had and work as hard as possible and at least show the coaches that mm -hmm. you know i was just grinding uh, i wanted to you know do whatever i possibly could to earn some sort of spot on the field and that would be ready when my number was called. Yeah, when I mean, we sat down before this, you know, we were talking about how it's kind of the dog days of August. And then, and now, you know, you're competing for playing time and you're, you know you'll be seeing the field. But what was it like when it was the dog days of August and you didn't know if you were going to get any snaps, say, two years ago, three years ago? Yeah, well, that's when you kind of lean on your brothers on the team. You know, uh, O-line, it's uh, definitely a special position. You know, guys just joking around and everything and having each other's backs. So 
there were times when I leaned on my, you know, my, some of my best friends in the room, you know, like yeah. guys who were used to be here, Zach Keeman, and even like a guy like Matt Rosso, who's on, you know, Jonah Jackson, Mike Maetti, Sam House, and all those guys, you know, I just lean on them. They're, they're my best friends. So, I mean, that's kind of what I stay in other guys' ears too, just to kind of be that mentor to some of the younger guys. Just, hey, you just got to keep grinding, your time's going to come. Yeah, clearly the coaches noticed because you've earned playing time, <laughs> and then clearly your teammates noticed because they voted you. Uh, a team captain were you surprised when that news came out or what was your reaction yeah it, it was uh man it was ecstatic man I was so happy about that it was it was a great moment you know because you know on a call high school being named captain's one thing but and at the college level you know you have guys from all different kinds of backgrounds so to be voted captain it's, it's a really big deal to me and you know I take it I take it to the utmost seriousness you what, know what do you think were some of your attributes that your teammates recognized that that in turn uh, prompted them to vote for you? Um, I think one, I just try to be the hardest worker in weight room on the field. You know, that's that's all. Like I said before, that's my niche. You know, I try to co- come to everything with a business mindset. You know, just to get everything done and just you know when, when it's time to you know when guys may be down, I try to lift guys up. You know, I try to be that positive dude on the team. And, I'll just keep things rolling. Right. Part of that reputation now and part of those uh, responsibilities come along with being a captain. You do interviews like these. Uh-huh. You get selected to do interviews like these. You get to go to Media Day in Chicago as a yeah. representative for Rutgers and one of the three guys that did that. Uh-huh. How was that experience going uh, and, and representing your school at Media Day? Uh, it was cool, man. One thing, uh, Deep Dish Pizza, not a fan of it. Come on, uh, man. It, it, Deep Dish Pizza. You, you know where BTN's located, right? Yeah, We're I know, I know. I just got to say that, man. You know, you guys got to get pizza out in Jersey. So you like the thin, the, the thin crust? Yeah, I like the thin crust. Man. I like thin crust, too. See, I don't I don't discriminate with my pizza. You yeah, know, no, I, no, I, I'm no. All, come one, listen, come all. Listen, I gave it a serious chance. I had it there. I, I took it back. And sometimes pizza's even, some pizza's yeah. better cold. You're right, yeah. I let it sit. I tried it like that, you know. <laughs> Deep so. Dish is one that does not hold as well no 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 no. so you know i'm a big dude i'm an offensive lineman so you gotta respect my take on that i do respect it as long as you you know as long as you gave it a try that's what i respect that's why i I give it the most try but um you know it was cool it was cool being out there you know it's cool experience something like that especially at the luncheon you know hearing um the minnesota's uh yeah casey o'brien yeah Yeah. hearing his story that was uh you know that was that was uh hit hard Mm -hmm. you know just uh see you know like big thing i've always says you know you put things into perspective you know and like not many people get to do what we get to do. So, you know, hearing his story really put things in perspective. So it makes you really grateful. But it, it was, yeah. overall, it was a great experience. No, yeah, you're right. That speech was really powerful. I'm always amazed because that was, like, the third one I've been to. And every year, mm. those guys always kill it. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you, know, you never know with, like, a, a student going up there and how they might react to, to yeah, the stage. And, and they always go up and deliver. And, and mm. especially, uh, like you said, with Casey, though. That was awesome. Um, so besides Deep Dish, you do anything else in the city while you were out there? Anything cool? I just walked around, you know, sightsaw a little bit, but mm-hmm. that was about it. Biggest thing for me was trying some of the food, and I had Deep Dish pizza on my list. I needed <laughs> to try that. Anything else that you were able to eat over there? Uh, let me think, man. Nah. I mean, that's what we're known. Like, that's yeah. the only one that stands out. You probably had a burger or something at yeah, some point. Yeah, yeah, burger. So. That's all right. I'll, uh, you know... I'll take your rec- I'll take your opinion into account, but I I, I won't agree with it. Uh, hey, I understand. I understand. All right, so a little bit of Rutgers football talk uh, heading into another season under Coach Ash here, and obviously a season where you guys want to show some improvement. So, do you think the staff is communicating to you guys a sense of urgency? Like, can you feel that that you being a senior and the staff has something to prove? Do you feel like there's a sense of urgency around to prove that you guys? 
um, can stack up in this league right now? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, we, we all know that we just have to kind of stick together and keep improving. I mean, our goal that we, we preach right now is on Matia, the most improved team in America. And that's what I mean. We just have to buy, and by, to reach that goal, we just have to be tight as a brotherhood, coaches, players, every support staff, everybody. Just have our mindset on that goal. Just keep working hard, keep grinding, and stay together. You know, you can't really focus on the, you know, the talking outside, but we're, we just all had to stick together. Gotcha. And speaking of Coach Ash, I saw you guys at a cookout or a little mm. pool party at his place yeah, last night. Yeah. That looked pretty nice. Yeah, it was, man. It was an awesome time. You know, Coach Ash, he's, he's my guy. So I love being around him. I love when he has the whole team together for events like that. You really just get to have fun with all the guys, you know. Am I remembering correctly? He's got a pool, uh-huh. a basketball court. Look like yep. a nice little area to grill out. That's the oh, setup. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a great setup, man. I tell him he has to have us over more often, you know. Yeah, just <laughs> pop in on him one day. Yeah, just knock yeah, exactly. on the door. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll, he won't mind. Uh, all right, Zach, before we wrap up, last question talking about food a little bit a minute uh-huh. ago um i've been asking every player that i talk to on each campus since we spent some time around here you know we got we got to know where to eat where should we eat on Rutgers campus oh man where should you eat that's that that's actually tough um like new jersey i feel like has a lot of iconic foods right there's yeah, a lot of italians yeah. around here yeah yeah i a mean pizza it, it depends what you're looking for but i think Rutgers is best known for either Hansel and Griddle mm-hmm. or the Are You Hungry because mm-hmm. they're known for their fat sandwiches and everything. And if you go there, get the fat CBT. Fat it's, CBT. It's phenomenal. I think at least Are You Hungry I know for sure was. Uh-huh. I'm not sure about Hansel and Griddle, but they were uh, featured on our Campus Eats show. So, like, we've uh, seen some of these. Yeah, Stuff yeah, Your yeah. Face is another one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, every year we come here, I don't know if you know Chaffee's. Have you had Chaffee's before? No, nah, They drop food off on the bus, and it's so good. It's like Italian oh, nice. food. So, nice. you know, don't tell anyone, but maybe you can slide through and grab a <laughs> grab a bully I'll have to I'll have to (laughs) alright Zach hey appreciate your time man Um, good luck this season enjoyed being here as always and um, yeah best of luck in your, your senior year thank you it was great thank you for having me it was great speaking to you absolutely All right. thanks once again to Koi Coop Ace and Zach for taking some time uh Bus tour is about halfway done from from where I sit right now. Uh, we'll keep rolling these out as we go along. We'll probably do four episodes. So this is probably one of four, and um, we'll keep it rolling and keep the episodes coming at you as we move along and uh, head west here soon. So we'll drop one episode to finish up the east, and then we'll get to uh, the western division schools here on the Take Ten Podcast. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks a lot to my producers Julie Bronder and Wes White as always. And we'll talk to you soon here from the road on the Take 10 Podcast.